Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Will Within Podcast, and I'm your host, Regina Pontus. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. We had a little bit of a family issue, so I'm sorry about the delay in another podcast, but this is going to make up for it. This man is wonderful. I'm going to be talking today to a newly installed bishop by the name of Bishop Byrne, and he is in the Springfield Archdiocese of Massachusetts. He wrote a new book, which is dovetails on his YouTube channel, which is called Five Things, and it's going to be an exciting new book. This book will deserve a wonderful reception from thousands of people. So I'm so excited to be talking to him. I don't want to belabor the point. Let's get right to the conversation. Bishop Byrne, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Bishop Byrne. How are you? I'm great, Regina. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. I very appreciate it. I am so excited to talk to you because I have watched your five things for a few years now. And when Kathy called me, Kathy Nipper called me about the book, I was so excited. I was like, I would love to talk to this gentleman. So this yeah, is a great just talking opportunity. To Kathy, just talking to Kathy is a good thing. Yeah. She's great. You know, she's both of our uh, book publishers. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, right. She's got, she did my book for me, and she called me and said, would you be willing to talk to me? I said, I would. This is like God sent. I would love it. So let me just start out by saying we usually just talk about um, spiritual development, your upbringing, that kind of thing, and then we go on to the topic of the day. So And then we'll talk about the book. Okay, great. So I'm the youngest of eight kids. My parents were both daily communicants. The, they were the right blend of faith and fun. We had a, a, had a lot of laughter in our house, but but also, you know, my parents did their best to make sure that that you know we would do the family rosary, and then it would sort of devolve into a fight about who got to do what mystery or whatever. Um, and interestingly enough, my father was a God rest his soul was a a surgeon, a thoracic surgeon, and so he would an unusual call schedule. And so if he had to, you know, surgeries or whatever, and my mom was a Eucharistic minister or doing something at the mass, we we didn't go to mass as a family very often because people were all running. You just had to go to mass. So there wasn't this, you know, we weren't the family lined up in the first pew. 
in uh, the in our uh, you know bow ties. We were you had to go, and at some point when you reached adolescence, you had to show back up with a bulletin. Mm-hmm. So at least you'd mm-hmm. cross the it. threshold. It um, happened to me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, so faith was just a normal part of our of our family life. We, uh, my uncle was a priest. So that put the realm of possibility of being a priest into my mind. And so when I thought about being a priest, it didn't seem like such an unusual step. Um, and uh, I had, uh, and but when I was in uh, college, I went to school not far from where I'm now bishop is I went to college in a place called College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I, the Lord was really putting into my heart that it was time to start looking at this. And I told my, my mom and dad, and my dad, whose brother had been a priest, was so excited. And my mom said, kind of looked a little bit, and she said, you know, I would love to have a son who's a priest. I would hate to have a son who used to be a priest. <laughs> Oh, and she mom. said, and and I was pretty immature at the time. She said, why don't you take your time and think about it? And so I uh, I taught school for three years uh, and at a little boys Catholic school that I myself had attended. And so I, uh, and after in that time, I had spiritual direction. Sort of my, my early brush with greatness was I was, I did my, the vocations director said, you need to get a spiritual director. And so I asked around, and for three years, I met with Father Tim Dolan, who is now Cardinal Tim Dolan, yes. and was president at my ordination. So I went off to seminary. I studied only at one seminary, which was at the North American College in Rome, and then came back to be a priest of Washington, D.C. That is a great story. Your upbringing sounds exactly like mine. We just had four less kids. It was fun. It was so much fun. Well, you can have some more. You can have some more if you want to. <laughs> the Irish Portuguese family. You know, uh-huh. I actually grew up in Boston, where rambunctious crowd. You know, very lively. So I'm not too far from you. So not at all. Exciting. Yeah, this is great. So let's talk about your book. I know that you had. I want to start out by when I was reading it, I was struck by the fact that you did the first chapter on your dog, and I want yes. to tell you a funny story so that you get a kick out of this. I am about a year and a half, two years older than you, okay? Which makes me sad. I can't believe I'm talking to a <laughs> bishop that's old, that's younger than me, but okay. Um, so anyway. But you have hair at least. I don't have any hair. <laughs> so anyway, my mother was 5'2", didn't know she was pregnant, okay? So they didn't have mm-hmm. ultrasounds back in the day. My uh, grandmother, who was very Irish, you know, with the rosary and everything, Called my mother. My mother just delivered twins. The doctor didn't even know I was coming. The nurse was like, <laughs> the nurse was like, wait a minute, there's another baby coming. Doctor, don't leave. And the doctor's like, yeah, kidding. She goes, no, no, I'm serious. I'm looking at it right now. So my mother has a child. That's me. And my grandmother, her mother, calls and says, I've been praying to the Sacred Heart that you name the girl Margaret. You know, you said <laughs> the beginning with the dog. All right, so. Um, my mother's like, no, I don't want to name the girl Margaret, Margaret Mary. So my, my grandmother keeps on. I've been praying to the Sacred Heart. My mother's one of nine. She said, listen, I'm not naming the girl Margaret Mary. And, my, and so my grandmother slams down the phone there. 
because my mother said, I'll name the boy Sacred Heart. And so then my grandmother got angry, hung up the phone, called back in a few minutes, said, how about Regina Margaret? And I said, was, and my mother said, okay. And so they <laughs> named it that. I heard the story when I was young. And uh-huh. right around the time I was making my confirmation, I said to my grandmother, I said, guess what name I'm picking for uh, my confirmation name? She said, what? I said, Mary. So, so you're went, Regina Margaret Mary. Right, That's so great. I winked at her, right? And uh-huh. so, so my mother, when I told her when she comes, because I knew she'd get it. Someday I knew <laughs> she'd get it. <laughs> I love that. So when that. I started reading the book, I was like, I love this guy. Because he was talking <laughs> about Margaret Mary. So anyway, first question. Um, I wanted to talk to you about what is your obsession? Now, I've given the book to several people already because I loved it so much. You can pick it up at any chapter and just read a little bit and go along your day. It's awesome. It's awesome. So... <laughs> Yeah, and Kathy agrees with me. In my A agrees with me. I gave her one of them, and mm-hmm. we said, "Please ask him." Out of all the things, what is his obsession with dishwashers? With dishwashers? Yes. That's so funny because <laughs> it's the one kitchen job I hate to do. I love to cook. I don't mind washing dishes, but emptying the dishwasher for whatever reason—maybe it was my job when I was little. Or whatever. Or a punishment. And they thought it might have been a punishment. It was. It was. Um, and is. I have a part-time housekeeper coming in. I try it oh, to calculate so that the dishwasher is full and clean when she comes in in the morning. So that she'll empty it. I know I need to offer it up. But I'm just not that holy of a bishop. <laughs> I um, Sometimes I do. And I used to when I was at the my last parish and I had... Um, two millennials that I lived with. One was the parochial vicar and the other was a seminarian. And I think they thought there was like midnight kitchen elves or some kind of a, the machine actually did it itself because they often did not empty the dishwasher. And so I started adapting that as a bit of a penitential act. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think if you talk about the penitential act, it kind of blows it. Right. Um, so get so, out of the way. Yeah. So I would say things like I just did a penitential act. <laughs> and if you notice the dishwashers are empty and they started to pick up on that okay and my second question to you now when we get into the chapter about mary's birthday i find that interesting because you know as we were growing up at, at vatican II and in this day and age we're like i said we're the same age I, we were always taught that the reason why december 25th was because of the pagan winter solstice and that's why they wanted to pick Price birthday around that time because it's the twenty first of December, and then right. you just and then you went back for the you know finding out the date the conception time. What is your belief of the real actual date? Because you really gave the presumption that that was his actual date somewhere right around the end of December. Well, since we don't really know, let's just go with it. Do you oh, know I what I mean? We could yeah, say it seems like kind of a waste of oxygen. Right. Sort of say, well, maybe it was. In well, October. I agree, Who but knows? then I was reading it going, why is this so definitive about eight months back or nine months back? And, you know, figure yeah. out the conception. Well, because it like, is well, the, the, um, but it is the, you know, the Annunciation, you know, that's it, one of the, the perfect things about Jesus's birth with his gestation. She didn't need to go to the OBGYN and he'll say, well, it's probably going to be about 10 to 15 days or whatever. Like yeah. boom, nine months from the day, right. she could have put hash marks on the wall. Yeah, right. Um, right. And um, in Nazareth, and and known when, instead that census came up, and they had to ride the donkey. But but I I figured what's the what's the point of of 
arguing these other points because we'll never really know until we get to heaven and does it really matter so let's mm-hmm. just stick with the 25th mm-hmm. yeah there are i do ones. like that whole thing of it, the days getting longer oh that's a good idea that's a good point it's because now we're getting back into the beginning of the light is growing yep. conquering yep. the darkness exactly with regard to the book i was so glad because i told you i was doing the youtube and i was looking and i was thinking to myself okay um, now that he's got it in book form, now that you're a bishop, congratulations. Thank you. That, by the way, um, how are the book sales been going? Is it is it pronounced now? A lot more pronounced now because of your elevation. Actually, you know, quite frankly, I haven't had time to track that. I, I hopefully Kathy will tell me sometime, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question yeah. because I've been too busy trying to figure <laughs> out the four western counties of Massachusetts yeah. and fall in love with a hundred and. 45,000 people. Yeah. I'm um, so glad that you're back. 79 parishes. So I haven't been tracking it the way I probably should have, but, or a, a new author would. But uh, most people don't get named a bishop and then have their book come out the very the next day. day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it like crazy Talk about time in Francis. Timing. Keep yeah. going. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. I also want to talk about your book. Everybody that I've given it to said, Regina. This is just such common sense. And people always start talking theological all the time. And they just sometimes, when they're up um, giving their homilies, they just don't get to the nitty-gritty of things. Just get to the point. There's a serious point. It's kind of like when you're reading a book or somebody's rambling on. You say, we well, right. just get to the point, please. And yeah, book just tell that. me what and I need Three to pages. Yeah, three pages. Right. Uh, right? So, exactly. Yeah, so let's talk, let's talk about that and about getting back to teaching priests and then regular people about the common sense aspects of our religion. And I, I think part of it was that is that we tend to think that God manifests himself in theology books and he's showing us, you know, God's constantly speaking to us. We just forget to listen. So he's talking to us through the dishwasher and he's talking yes. to us through the dog and he's talking to us through, you know, the patience he's asking us when somebody's droning on of like, you know, whatever is going on and you and you're struggling to keep your attention. All those things he's showing us had sometimes, you know, he doesn't struggle, but we might be blabbing on and on <laughs> and that he is infinitely patient with us. So I really believe that, you know, it's sort of like when you walk into a mall when we had could go into malls and all of a sudden you noticed a song you really liked playing over the the piped in music but until that time you hadn't even noticed that there was music and so all of a sudden god's music is constantly surrounding us so prayer is when we really focus in on listening but imagine if we can just tune our our minds and our hearts and our souls our being to start picking up the the everyday clues the everyday hints the everyday nudges um that way we can align ourselves with God's will by just being intentional about it. You know, the secular people call it mindfulness. I like to call it soulfulness, mm. sort of getting your, uh, it's not just about getting your mind to be in a right place, but getting your soul to be there, to be receptive and open, just like Mary was in her, at the Annunciation. That's a good point. Because we don't, if you're, if you're praying the rosary, I always God forgive me. And I apologize every time I wake up, but I fall asleep. And every time I do that, I get family members that say, look at the God finishes your prayers kind of thing. 
But I also yeah, the want angels, to make sure that I'm guardian cogn- angel. Exactly. But I also want to make sure that I'm cognizant of what's happening. And I always wake up in the morning and I say good morning directly right. to Jesus and Mary and the guardian angels. And I go about my day hoping for the best and, and praying for the yeah, best. Yeah, I make my morning offering right then. Ooh. I'm like, okay, God, I'm, as I wake up, I say, okay, it's your day you've given to me. Let yes. me Let me give it back to you full of you, you know, and full mm-hmm. of your love. So that, you know, and if and if I know that there's something particularly challenging coming down the pike, then I will say, okay, Lord, you know, let me let me let me meet this person with your love. Yeah. One thing I've noticed for I'm sorry, bing, are we done? Oh sorry, I turned my phone (laughs) off. That's okay. Bing. Uh, one thing I noticed that nowadays the young children or the younger kids, twenty, twenty one, that kind of thing, eighteen. They are searching like crazy, even dirties. They're searching like crazy for some meaning and emphasis in their lives for what to do and how to be. And they've gravitated towards um, Jordan Peterson. And mm-hmm. I have read his 12, 12 rules and I liked it. But I'm wondering, because they lack the faith and they, they're lacking purpose and they so desire it, they want to focus on something in their lives to figure out what they want to do with themselves and how to be the best that they can possibly be. So how do we capture them back to give them the essence of understanding of God always being there with them? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's the perennial question for every age, you know, to reach people. And it was easier when people, you know, when our parents were being raised within a Catholic culture so that the where the parish would be the center of one's um, family life and experience and then you know, if you went to a Catholic school or a Catholic college, then you were sort of given, fed this in a very uh, intentional way. But now there's so much noise and so many voices speaking to to these youth that in uh, Instagram and, you know, all these social media, YouTubes, and that I, I think what we have to begin to realize, just like you're doing on your podcast, that... Jesus is the answer to the question of every human life. We know that. That's what St. John Paul II told us. And so you can find meaning and purpose in in good works and doing uh, in philanthropy, so to speak. But that's not the same thing as true charity uh, in love. And I think that's a journey of discovery, but they have to be given tools and things uh, to be able to discover that. I mean, in a certain sense, that's kind of why we did so many of those YouTube videos was that they would be approachable, something that somebody could send to their college kid and and it would drive them back in an approachable way or help them discover in an approachable way, Jesus. I think Did you that, do that when young people in mind, very young people in mind? I did it with everybody in mind because we're all kind of distract easily distracted you know so uh, certain ones are sort of targeted in my mind towards this nephew or that you know in my as my sort of invisible audience in addition to that i i really um did so so i think we have to be creative you know we had saint paul said i gotta talk to these people and then he looked out and he saw a pen or a scroll of paper he's like hmm how about a letter (laughs) yeah and uh and who doesn't a letter addressed to you isn't i mean i remember that joy of getting a letter and it's a shame because we we now don't have that anymore but 
you know, if your grandmother wrote you a Christmas card or whatever, and it came in the mail, it was like it verified your existence. And so we have to figure out a way to communicate. I had three seminarians living with me and, and during the early part of the pandemic when their seminary was closed and, and, and they were, when they weren't praying, they were a lot of times looking at their phone. And so to say, Oh, wait a second, this, this is an important way that we can communicate with this next generation. And I think we just need to, Mm -hmm. to be able to have our voices and, and, and a lot of them, you know, some people, Bishop Barron really speaks to them. It's sort of a very intellectual crowd and, uh, and other people, you know, me with my dog, <laughs> where it, it maybe just it 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 distills it down, where it's no less true, but well, maybe humanizes you. a different type of a, a way of hearing things. Mm-hmm. Well, it humanizes you, and that's what people mm-hmm. need to. That's why I got back to the common sense issue when we first started talking, because we were kind of missing that, and a lot of kids out there are interested in the in the big mind thinking aspects of theology, but they also just want them the nuts and bolts of it as well. Right. And that's what you speak to too. I mean, you really get to the point without making it seem so overwhelming for them that they have to learn so many different things and try to understand what's ha- actually happening. So also I've got a bit of a, a bonus question. Cause I said, I'm going to keep it to the same theme as the five things. And I wanted to make sure I asked five questions. So I'm going to give you a bonus question. With the um, chapter, so you're breaking your rule. I am. I am kind of. <laughs> I'm going to ask quick. you five questions. <laughs> well, here's the six <laughs> questions. <laughs> you call so it a it bonus is. question. <laughs> That's it. Oh my gosh, you're a marketer. <laughs> you're cracking me up. So, um, the sunbathing in the spiritual exercise chapters. You talked about hoping that your current bishop would allow for that development for the children that were in the parish, right? And I said, well, he's now the Bishop of Springfield. So you get to enact all that stuff. So what is it that you want to do? Well, first thing I got to do is get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are, uh, I, I taught homilies, how to give homilies at the North American College in Rome. I taught it for five years. And um, I know for nine years. And the first key factor I said is you can give people the most erudite perfect homily but if they don't know you and they don't trust you they might not hear it as clearly as they could so the first key to being a preacher to being a pastor to being a disciple of the lord is to be able to build trust with your people and that's what i'm doing i'm i'm hitting the road and um after this i'm going to go you know it's sort of weird with covid um but i'm going to go and talk to one of the younger pastors and say, I say, let's go take a, take Zelly for a walk. And so we're off to go and do that just to like no agenda, except tell me about yourself and get to know each other and have a laugh. And, um, and so that's, that's really my first agenda. And then also I just wrote a letter to all of my priests. And I said that, the first thing that the Lord I know is calling us to is holiness and holiness brings joy and joy draws people more than any YouTube channel or anything like that is, is a joyful minister of the church, a joyful priest. I've got developing kind of a committee of of all different uh, priests to help 
let me figure out how we can grow in holiness. Uh, and the Lord said, this is your first two action items. After that, I'll tell you the rest. Mm. Um, but that's where I am right now. I mean, I have a heart for, uh, for lots of places. So Catholic education and uh, making sure our, our church experience is accessible to people with um, disabilities, either physical or developmental or intellectual. And I want to make sure that, because we all can't be, we can't say we're complete until everyone's there around the altar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's an example of something where the, my heart has always been. Yeah. I'm somebody that actually, because of a stroke, I am not disabled now. I'm married right. to chick. So I can't get to mass, but I do have the, I feel the community sense of the online aspect. I do wish at some point that we could get back to the, to the church itself. You know, right. Yeah. And we will. Yeah. And I also telling my telling my people, I said, we're not getting back to normal. Let's get back to better. So I want to say this was an absolute delight in chatting with you. I know your time is, is full and I don't want to take up any more of it, but it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And Regina welcome Margaret to Mass- Mary. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Regina Margaret Mary. It's been a total delight. So when you find well, yourself you. in in the golden western part of Massachusetts, you know, we we out here are a little snobby about our beautiful countryside <laughs> and our lovely people. So if you ever need a dose of that, give me a holler. I'd love okay? it. Yeah. And if you come, if you come this way, look me up. I That'd shall. be great. Well, Thank God you. bless you in the, in, on your new ministry. And and I just wish everything, everything and the best for you. Thank you okay? so much. What a delight Bishop Byrne is. I had such a wonderful time talking to him, and I know the people of Springfield, Mass. are going to be so blessed by his counsel and guidance. I just love this guy. I already love him. I love the channel. He gives such great messages. So next time we're going to be talking, hopefully, to, we're going to be Bishop's Month. It's going to be Bishop Reed, who is the running the Catholic TV, and he's going to be talking to us about the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, what they're going to be doing at the Catholic TV for Easter and the Divine Mercy celebrations. Very important that we get those in. As you know, we also get plenary indulgences because the Vatican, back in March of 2020, the Vatican said there would be plenary indulgences during COVID. So I'm going to actually put that document on a link to the podcast that I do with Bishop Reed. So again, thank you for all of your time and your consideration. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this one. And remember, if you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button to any of the applications that you listen to this podcast on. And feel free to email me at thewillwithin at gmail.com. And I will be happy to answer any of your questions. So until next time, my Will Within family, be blessed.
Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.